0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to today's episode of Uncaped Heroes. I'm so glad that you've taken some time out of your day to sit back and relax and join us. We hope that you leave inspired by yet another amazing individual that we're gonna to get to meet. My name is Stacy Johnston. I'm riding solo today, but absolutely thrilled to be with you. <clears throat> you know, I was sitting here earlier today and I was having a conversation with a lady about you know, where we are in our world and what are we and We were talking about the heat and I you know, it's 108, 110 degrees here, and it's crazy. And I thought to myself, you know, today I get to go to Switzerland and Canada and Utah. And I don't have to go outside one time. In all that heat, I don't have to manage airports. I get to travel around the world from the comfort of my home and meet the most amazing people. And I don't know how you get more humbly blessed than that. It's, it's just a perfect way to spend my day. I'm honored to have a lady with me today from Vancouver, canada i'm going to bring her in and let her chat with us miss miss suzanne jabor how old are you i mean how old how are you today
1: i'm well thank you thank you so much for having me on
0: you're very welcome i'm so glad that you were able to come and join me so tell me what's your intrigue? what enticed you about uncaped heroes and wanting to have this open conversation
1: i'm just so fascinated by you know, ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And I think that sharing our stories of, you know, adversities we've overcome or differences we're trying to make in the world or ways we're just trying to step up in bigger ways to make things better. You know, I think that's how we build connection. And that's how we, you know, understand each other better. And that's how we change the world. So I just love the whole concept. It's so exciting.
0: I'm so glad you're here. How about you kick us off? Tell us who is Suzanne. What do you do? Why do you do that? And how can people connect with you in your service?
1: So thank you. Um, I'm Suzanne Jabor, and I am a grief educator. And so what I do is I, you know, anytime I can have a conversation about grief, how it really works, because we don't talk about it enough for us to all understand that, and how we can support each other better when we're experiencing it, and um, that's become my passion out of my latest um, grief, which is the death of my son, um, Ben. He died at the age of 22 in September of 2020. And, you know, when that happened, as most parents can imagine, you know, or or can't even let themselves imagine, you know, my world was shattered and upended and disrupted in ways that I didn't, you know, and to or understand or, you know, any of that. And so for me, part of what, you know, helped me survive was just writing about what I was experiencing and sharing that on Facebook with friends and family. And and out of that, I just really became so aware that, you know, we're not sharing these grief experiences. We're not sharing what happens to us. We're not sharing, you know, really normal symptoms and things that happen in our brain. And, you know, and by understanding that and by talking about those then we can help each other better. So that's really become my mission in life is to do everything I can to normalize grief, to have it be something we talk about. You know, yes, we're all going to have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because right now with our grief phobic and grief illiterate, you know, culture, we're not good at talking about it. And so like any new skill we want to learn, it's going to feel uncomfortable at first. It's going to feel like, we're not, you know, it's no fun. And and that's okay. I think we're going to need to lean into that to break down, you know, the shame and isolation that we all end up in when we have grief. So that's really become my mission. And um, people can learn more about it and connect with me on my website. That's the best place, uh, which is a alivedexperience.com. And there's links there for my newsletter. You can sign up for the newsletter. You can book an appointment with me to talk about what I can do with you or your organization, and um, links to all the socials are there. So that's the best one-stop shop to find out about what I'm up to.
0: I love it. You know, I'm so honored, I think is a good word, maybe, by all of the space. The, the people we meet around the world are open for other people to go, you know, it's okay to not be okay for a minute, and it's mm-hmm. okay to get better from that year. And we, I think that's one of the things that we need to normalize right now in our society that it's okay not to be okay because then you get to get better. But until yeah. you own that I need to get better, it just, it just continues, right? And, that, and grief is one of those things I know more people than I wish, right? They have lost children and loved ones just in the last five years. Yeah. You know, the, let's just start there. And to watch them walk those paths of grief, and it's different for everyone, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's different for everyone but, but you're right I think it's something we ought to be able to talk about because I see that isolation that you talk about I see them you know retreat into themselves and into their own little worlds. they don't know how to share that so I think it's a beautiful service
1: thank you yeah it feels so important especially right now as you say you know in the last five years we've experienced so much loss you know as a collective we've lost individuals we've lost you know so many people have lost many loved ones you know and 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 we've lost all kinds of other things as well. And I think, especially in this time where we've seen the loss of so many loved ones, it's hard to talk about all the other losses that we've experienced. And people feel guilty. You know, I was talking to someone the other day, and I, I end up talking a lot about losses out of COVID and, you know, things that, you know, were shut down or we couldn't do for a time or, you know, experiences we missed or businesses that were lost, so many losses. And the man I was talking to was saying, you know, he was really mad that he couldn't go to the pub and watch football with his friends. Like that was a big thing for him, that big part of his social connection and fabric. And and he couldn't do that. And, and I said to him, you know, it's okay to feel feelings about that loss. But in this moment where we see so many who've lost loved ones, it's almost like we feel guilty talking about other losses. And like, you know, we have this weird stratification of loss and, you know, losses that are worth grieving and losses that aren't. And I think that's also you know, it does us all a disservice. And I think so much of what we're seeing now with people, you know, lashing out so much in fear and anger is because we're carrying all those losses and we're not being allowed to acknowledge them. We're not being allowed to feel all the feelings. And, you know, any of us who've been on this planet for very long, I'm in my mid-50s, like, I know, those stuffed feelings, they don't stay stuffed. Like, eventually, they're going to explode, whether you want to or not. And so I think, you know, we're doing ourselves and each other a disservice Especially in this time, by being so close to grief and so scared of it, and really, it, you know, it's. It, I mean, I'm not here to tell you it's any fun. It's not. It's awful. And especially those early acute days, they're just, they're they're just as horrifying as you think. And you know, most of us, as we go through this life, you know, we experience close losses. We experience the losses of loved ones close to us, and we have a sense of what that's like. And I'm here to tell you that, you know, the only way to survive it is through, like, you just have to face it and, and let it all be okay and feel all the feelings because otherwise, you know, the stuffing doesn't work. We've all been trying that for a really long time, you know, especially in North America, we're so, you know, we're so raised to, you know, be happy and you know, present this good face and not feel all those messy emotions. And, you know, those are the ones that need feeling the most. And and I think we just need to open up conversations about it and let people understand that, as you say, it's okay. You know, it's okay to feel all of that. It's okay to talk about it. And not everyone's going to be able to do that with you. And that's okay, too. You know, eventually, you know, we'll get everyone on board. But in the meantime, you know, find some people who can because they're out there.
0: Right. There are. And I've seen more people in the last three or four years kind of come to the table with with that option to help you grieve grieve loss. And I, I've seen it even presented as, you know, we think of grief and we think of loss and we immediately think of losing a loved one.
1: Mm-hmm. Right?
0: That, that's our biggest path of grief is those people that we love. But we grieve relationships and marriages and businesses and family ties that we had that we no longer have. And so I think there's, there's so many different things that we grieve that take a different journey for us. We don't recognize that that's grief. You know, when you lose yep. that relationship or you lose that, that that business that you've built and you've worked hard, that's not just depression or anger. Some of that's grief and there's a process for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, so many of us want to be able to support someone who's grieving, but because we aren't talking about the sort of smaller loss, if you will, it's. I mean, it's. I hate to kind of classify griefs, but, you know, if we think about the ones that are, you know, less, um, they're not the loss of a loved one, you know, to me, that's the perfect place for us to practice supporting each other, right? Because, you know, someone like me, who's a grieving mom, who and I just grieved out loud, I cried everywhere, I talked about it to everybody. Like I just, I'm sure terrifying for many people who are not ready for that conversation. You know, so I'm not a good first assignment, but we can practice with each other over those smaller losses, you know, like, I just even think you know people who are applying for a job like something as simple as that you're applying for a job and you really really want it and we're humans so we're we're storytellers we're sense making creatures so we make sense and we make this story about you know when I get this job this is what it's going to mean for my life and this is how it's going to improve and all that and then if you don't get that job we don't give ourselves permission to grieve that and as the supporter as the friend we say oh you know you're too good for them anyway. Like, you know, something better will come along. Like we say all these things that we think are encouraging, but what if instead we said something like, Oh my gosh, that's so disappointing. You know, you must be so sad because you could, I know this was really important to you and you could see this whole future out of this. And now you have to let that go. And (laughs) I'm sure you're feeling some big feelings about that. And I, you know, I'm here to support you to feel them. And then, you know, we're going to go kick butt and find something better. (laughs) Right. But we have to take that time to feel Mm. all the feelings
0: that come up and we're not good at that yet. No, I don't, I don't think so either. It's getting better. I mean, I see some, I see some things, I see some lights on the horizon and it's very encouraging. Just like you, right? How many people might not have the opportunity to hear your story and know you have a program unless we can put you out there, right? And shine your light in this world. So that's, that's the one thing I love the most about this show is being able to highlight and showcase amazing people that do great stuff just to bring health yes. and healing to other people. So thank you for what you do.
1: Thank you. Uh, it's such a brilliant, brilliant idea.
0: I love it. I'm just so, I'm, I'm honored, as always. So let's take this in a little bit different direction. You've had quite a journey, right, to get to this lady that you are today with this, this program and this space that you have for people. Along the way in your journey of life, Have you come up with a concept or definition in your mind for the word hero? And who have you met in your lifetime that owns that description for you?
1: So I think a hero is someone who has a passion and a vision and a purpose. And they, that's so interesting. So it's a a passion and a purpose that's, focused on making the world a better place and they don't let anything push them off that path.
0: Mm. Love it. Okay. I love that. And who, who for you along the way fits that description for you?
1: I mean, there's so many people. <laughs> um, I, you know, it's funny. It makes me think of my dad. So my dad was a lawyer and he was quite determined that, Um, You know, if you think way back, way back in the olden days, sort of in the, you know, 70s and 80s, and before that, you know, having a lawyer was a really elite thing to do. You had to have a lot of money. Lawyers didn't tell you how much they charged up front, so you didn't know what the bill was going to be, so it was all very stressful. And he was determined that that was not the way it was supposed to be, and that the law was supposed to be accessible to everybody. You know, the sense of justice being for everyone couldn't be a reality if, a lawyer was an elite thing and a very expensive thing. So he opened up a low cost law clinic. And he had a sign on the wall with what all the prices were. So you knew coming in, it was like, you know, going to the McDonald's, you know, this literally the sign was on the wall with like, here's how much your will is, here's how much your divorce is, here's how much I charge an hour, everything, every service you could want, um, was all on the sign. And he got in a lot of trouble for what he wanted to do. And he ended up um, fighting the Law Society, so the organization that um, here that um, oversees lawyers and their behavior. And he was charged as having uh, conduct unbecoming. So, you know, imagine that. Like, how pretentious is that? Anyway, conduct unbecoming. Wow. Uh, his, his field in this advertising that he was doing. And he ended up fighting it all the way to the Supreme Court of Canada. And, you know, he didn't win his fight because... He had done something he wasn't supposed to do. But in the intervening five years that it took him to get there, they changed the rules. So while he didn't win his battle, he won the war. And I think, you know, here anyway, significantly changed the way that people access lawyers. And it's so funny because every time I see an ad on TV or, you know, and they're always so terrible, right? It's the lawyer who's uncomfortable trying to talk, and then they're interviewing some clients. Like, they're always so terrible. And I always think of him and think, you had no idea what you were doing and where it would lead up.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Dad. Look how you changed the world.
1: Yeah, like at that time, mm-hmm. lawyers weren't even allowed to advertise in the Yellow Pages. They were only allowed to have a white pages listing, and you couldn't you couldn't say anything about the services you provided. And so it was funny when he retired. One of his partners reached out to the Yellow Pages, like the printers of the Yellow Pages, and they ended up sending us a whole bunch of thank you gifts because he had increased their revenue so much by getting all the lawyers
0: advertising
1: in the Yellow Pages. Oh,
0: I love it. You know, there's got to be a pioneer, right? There's got to be somebody that opens the door for the change.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And often at great personal cost, right? Like that, you know, he... I don't even know how many mortgages he had on our house to pay his lawyer's bills. But, you know, at great personal cost... Which is how change happens, right? We have to put ourselves on the line and, you know, trust that it's all going to be okay.
0: My grandmother used to tell us, you know, you can't always learn from other people because somebody has to be the other people.
1: Mm, I love that. That's brilliant. What a smart grandma.
0: She was so brilliant. and I didn't even realize for so many years just how brilliant she was. You know, she left me. That would be my hero. And again, I'm going to tell you how humbling it is, you know, when we ask this question about heroes, so many times I think we, we have this preconceived notion of a hero, right, it has to be this big famous person that moves mountains, and it's mm-hmm. moms and dads, grandparents, it's my next door neighbor. Yeah. It's so humbling to see those uncaped heroes, and they don't have to change anybody's life but yours, Yeah. right? And that's <laughs> it. You know,
1: we don't need to be big heroes. We can be little heroes every day to one person. You know, if we
0: touch one then, person
1: every day, that's pretty heroic.
0: Hey Amen. That's where heroes come from, uh, to me. I love it. I think that's beautiful. Kaisen, let me go ask you one more question. If you could go back and have a sit down on the couch and a glass of tea and hold the hands of 20 year old Suzanne, what would you tell her?
1: I would tell her she's enough, that um, she is, you know. Smarter than she thinks, more loved than she thinks, more capable than she thinks. You know that she's enough, and that if she she can approach the world with more love than fear, everything will be okay.
0: Mm. Beautiful. Mm. Approach the love with more love than fear. It's beautiful. What well, great advice, right? Mm. If we could just hey. go back some time, right? Right. <laughs> Just,
1: but i think keeps, you know we get this from our life experiences and so I, I, you know it's okay
0: right you know i think so too you know i don't i'm i, I think that right only if i could go back and know all the things that i know now would i go back but just to go back and do it again nah
1: no no way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no way man uh, i i felt good to get gotten got into 60 like a celebration going on <laughs> so yep. yeah no I, I love it all. All right, let's go on to Stan I have one more question. Um, number one, I would like for you to take a moment and recognize that you are probably a hero to more people in the day than you realize. So thank you for the place that you stand for them and the space that you provide. Thank it's you. an honor to share your space. Yes, ma'am. Now, with your cape firmly in place and your crown nicely posed upon your head <laughs> and the world is your stage, You have an option of all the words there are out there. What's your one-liner of wisdom to the world? What's your T-shirt say?
1: My T-shirt says, choose love.
0: Mm. Love it. Extend on that for me.
1: You know, I think that every day we make choices, every moment we make choices, and so often we're making choices out of fear. And if we can choose to make those choices out of love... That changes our
0: trajectory. Amen. Beautiful. Mm, I love it. Choose love. You know we've asked this question 480 times, and I have got 480 completely different answers. Not one person has repeated someone else. You have a t-shirt empire in the making. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the most powerful thing ever. We finally was like, how do you not share this, right? So a couple about, about six months ago, we. Put all the names that we had so far in a hat and drew 50 of them, and we put them in a book called If My T-Shirt Could Talk: The Wisdom of Heroes.
1: That's so cool.
0: So the the book's out there. um, Again, it's The Wisdom of Heroes. If My T-Shirt Could Talk, and it's just 50 people stating the wisdom and why of all the words they chose. Why those words? Um, Beautiful. So much fun. So that's our first introduction. And how do you get this information out to the world? So love it. Thank you so much. Ah, Thank you so much. Oh, you bet. I can keep having this conversation all day. But with respect (laughs) to you and our audience, we are going to have to find a place to wind down. So I would love for our audience to remember that we're brought to you by Enlighten Up and Guided by Grace. If we can serve you in some way, if we can be of assistance, if you want to share your story with us, we're interested in what you have to say. Please reach out to us at herobuilder2020 at gmail.com. I'm going to start my close, Suzanne, just by telling you again thank you so much for joining us from. Vancouver probably have a beautiful day ahead to finish up um, thank you for what you do and uh, it's been such an honor to meet you I would thank like to turn so much. I would like to turn the stage over to you and give you an opportunity to close our show give us the last 90 seconds how would you like to leave our audience today
1: what I would like to leave with your audience today is that idea of choosing love so for me it's focused around grief when you see someone suffering, when you see someone struggling, reach out with love. If you speak from your heart, you will know what to say. If you make an, I have an idea from your heart, you'll know what to do. And that's what I hear the most from people. They don't know what to say and they don't know what to do. And I will say over and over and over again, if you let your heart lead, you'll know.